Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. Before I get into my word tonight, speaking of the prophetic, God gave me a word for Joseph and Heather. So it's funny you called them up for prayer. As soon as I saw you, as soon as I walked in, God just said, they are so faithful. And you know what? You've been faithful in the secret place. And because you've been faithful in the secret place, you're gonna see promotion, promotion, promotion in the open because you were, you were faithful when you didn't, when no one was looking, you guys were faithful to the things of God. God is so proud of you. He said, I'm so proud of them. God bless you guys. And also the buzzies, I got a word down here for Bex and Andy as well. I felt like, as soon as I saw you guys, I felt like God say, remind them, I, I don't forget my promises. I felt like there was a moment where you said, God, have you forgotten? Like there was a, there's been promises and it's just taking a little longer. So like, did he forget? And God just wants you to know, he did not forget the promise that he spoke to you. He remembers every detail and it shall come to pass in his timing. Amen? Amen. All right. Let's get going. You guys can have a seat. We're going to have fun tonight. We've already had fun. Guys, how epic is it that we can have fun in the house of God? Like I was raised in religion where like the more miserable you are, the better. Like the more miserable your service, the more religious. It's like, no, God's a God of fun. Look how much fun we've already had and it's just gonna continue. All right, so tonight, tonight we are going to look at the stories of three brave men. That is the title of my message, Three Brave Men. We are gonna look at three men who courageously fulfilled their assignments, their heroes in the faith. But what's interesting about these three men is that when we first meet them in scripture, they are anything but brave. They are living under oppression because they have pain, unresolved pain in their heart. And as a result of that pain unaddressed, they're hiding and they have not stepped into the assignment that God has called them to step into. And that is the reality is that when we, when we don't process our pain, the reality is that unprocessed pain, it festers in our heart and it always causes us to live under what God has called us to live over. You see, God has called us to be over live over fear, over anger, over anxiety and depression. But unresolved pain, it causes us to live under those things and to experience oppression. 3 John 2.2 says, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things. Not just in finances, by the way, although, yes, we are to prosper there. In all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. Wow, so we see the health and prosperity of our heart, our soul, leads to the health and prosperity of every area of our life. I like to say healthy hearts equal healthy lives. Yeah. 
And the reverse is true. Unhealthy hearts equal unhealthy lives. There is absolutely a correlation. Of course, pain is a part of life, but what we do with pain will determine if we become overcomers or if we shrink back in fear. So many of us, we have unresolved pain and it shows up in our lives in a variety of ways. Obviously, we've been doing pastoral care for about 10 years now, so I get to see a lot of how unresolved pain manifests in people's lives. So I just have a few. There's a lot of ways, but I'm just going to list a few. All right. Angry outbursts or feeling out of control of your emotions. Like, I just don't know what, they just trigger me and then I just can't, I can't help it. It's just, bah! it just comes out of me. Bah! I can't control it. Unprocessed pain. Operating in control or fear. We've got to recognize when we're operating in control all the time, it's because we're trying to control everyone and everything so that we don't feel pain. We don't get hurt. We feel safe. Struggling with depression or anxiety. And sometimes, not all the times, but sometimes physical pain can be the result of heart pain. And I'm actually going to talk a little bit more about that later. I have a testimony in that area. So tonight, tonight we are going to look at these three men's journey from pain into promise, from despair into hope, and we're going to see how they received their healing through an encounter with the living God. You guys with me? All right. It's going to be fun. I told you it's going to be fun. All right. The first hero, the first brave man of God Gideon the Overcomer. My favorite Bible character in the Old Testament is my good friend Gideon. No one's more relatable than Gideon. So we find Gideon's story in Judges 6. And during this time, the Jews were being heavily oppressed by the Midianites. The Midianites would cross the Jordan River every year at harvest, and they would plunder the Jews. They would take all their food. They would steal everything and then be like, bye, see you next year. And they would leave the Jews with nothing. So the Jews cry out to God and they turn, they repent from their rebellious ways. And they're like, God, save us. So God hears from heaven and God shows up. He's like, yes, you've repented. I am here to save the day. And he picks a guy named Gideon to do it. So he shows up and at the moment he shows up, Gideon is quite literally hiding in a wine press. He's hiding from the Midianites trying to thresh wheat. So you can just imagine the scene. So here comes the Lord. Gideon's hiding, and the Lord says, hello, Gideon. The Lord is with you, oh mighty man of valor. And I love Gideon. Gideon's like, hello, excuse me, excuse me. Like the Lord is with me? I'm sorry, the Midianites come and steal all of our food. Like, where's the Lord? I don't know about this. So we pick up the story at Judges 6.14. Then the Lord turned to him and said, go in this might of yours and you shall save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have I not sent you? So here he says, no, 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 I'm here to save the day and I picked you. You get to be the hero of Israel. So, but Gideon, instead of cheering and being like, woohoo, I'm the hero. I love his response. It's so relatable and reveals his heart. So verse 15, so he says to him, oh, my Lord, how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh, 
and I am the least in my father's house. So when we read this, what we can see from Gideon's honest and transparent response to the Lord is that he is struggling with the pain of rejection. That he has been rejected from his community and his family. He's calling himself the lowest and the least. He's been outcasted, devalued. You're the lowest. You're the least, Gideon. You see, the pain of rejection is a deep pain. Rejection is the belief that I'm less than, that I'm unwanted or unlovable. You see, we all come into the world seeking acceptance by our family and community. And when we don't receive that, it leaves a deep, deep pain in each one of us. It was actually just maybe four years ago, actually, that I, I experienced a deep pain of rejection. Uh, a family member uh, disagreed with my beliefs and my values, and, so, and it was a family member that I was very close with. And so she just in a moment said, you know, you're all these horrible things. I don't want to have anything to do with you. I'm cutting you out of my life. Don't contact me. We're done. We're over. And just suddenly in a moment like that. And in that very moment, I threw out my back. It was like the weirdest thing. And I, it was really bad, like to the point where Jonathan was like helping me in and out of bed for days. Like it was so extremely painful. And I kid you not, for 10 months, it is disappointing it took me this long, but for 10 months, I suffered with excruciating back pain. I was getting acupuncture, chiropractic, physical therapy, all the things. But then it took me 10 months to go, God, I think I really, really, really need your help. I've tried all the things in the world and I really, really, really need you to heal my back. I can't live like this anymore. I really wish I had asked him like after 10 days, but you know, learn from my mistakes. It took me 10 months. And so I asked the Lord, Lord, please heal my back. And he said, Teresa, what happened when you first got your back pain? And I said, well, I was rejected. And he said, yes, heal from the pain of rejection and forgive the person who rejected you and your back will be healed. And that is quite literally exactly what happened. I forgave the family member from my heart. I released forgiveness to the family member who hurt me so deeply. I allowed the Lord to heal my deep wound of rejection and then I called Pastor Pam Strickler for some demon busting. I'm like, Pastor Pammy, I need your help. And so over the phone, took her about two minutes to command those devils to get out of my back. And guess what? Pain was gone. In an instant. In that very instant. I was shocked. I was like bending over, doing all the things. Like, it's gone. And I have been pain-free ever since, friends. So the reality is that the pain of rejection and not releasing forgiveness to the person who rejected me caused me to be in physical torment for 10 months. This is so real, so why we're talking about this. Okay, so here in our story, we find an insecure, rejected Gideon, but then he has an encounter with the living God and everything changes in a moment for him. Verse 16, the Lord answered, I will be with you and you will strike down all the Midianites, leaving none alive. And that is exactly what happened. Gideon did 
defeat the Midianites. I love that as soon as God enters the scene and he encounters the narrative of rejection and insecurity, immediately he starts speaking kingdom identity into Gideon. You are a mighty man of valor. I have called you. I have anointed you and appointed you. I will be with you. You see, man told Gideon that he was the lowest and the least. God told Gideon that he was a mighty man of valor. But listen, it was up to Gideon. Which one, the word of man or the word of God, which one he was going to attach his faith to and come into agreement with. So that's how we overcome rejection. We overcome rejection by renouncing the lies spoken about us and accepting our kingdom, identity, and purpose from the Lord. And we can do that today, friends. I love Psalm 27:10. This is a scripture that I use when I'm ministering to people who are struggling with the pain of rejection. Psalm 27:10 says, "Though my father and mother forsake me, the Lord will receive me." Wow. The moment that my mother and father reject me, God is there to accept me. Though the world, the community, my family may reject me, the Lord will accept me. Friends, I want you to hear that tonight. The Lord loves you and he accepts you no matter what. I wonder if some of you can relate to Gideon. Maybe some of you have come into agreement with rejection and you're hiding in your proverbial wine press, hiding from your assignment. Can't do it. Sorry, God. I'm the lowest and the least. Would you come out of the cave tonight? Come out of the cave tonight. Would you face the pain of rejection tonight? Forgive everyone who has rejected you. That is so important. You've got to forgive those who have rejected you. And would you just receive healing tonight? from the Lord. Amen. All right. I'm going to take a sip of water and then we're going to go on to hero number two. All right. Brave man numero dos is Thomas the Evangelist. Another of my favorite Bible characters. Really, this is all just my favorite Bible characters, this whole message. All right. So Thomas. Thomas was one of Jesus's 12 disciples, and we know that he was loyal and he was fearless. He was like the all or nothing kind of guy. I can relate to that. Jonathan says that I'm all or nothing. He's like, you know, you can just be moderate. Moderation is healthy, Teresa. You don't have to be 100 or zero. Like 50 is okay. So I relate to Thomas in this. He left his job, he left his family, he left his community, all to follow Jesus. And they had three incredible years of ministry. And I imagine that Thomas was thinking, man, this is so great. This is the Messiah. Like, he's probably going to overthrow the Romans. And look, we're getting more and more followers. And he's doing miracle signs and wonders. Like, this is epic. I feel like he had dreams of grandeur and fame, and then Jesus died. And he didn't just die any old death. He died a brutal, horrific, shameful death of crucifixion. Imagine for a moment the pain of disappointment that Thomas would be feeling. He had such high hopes, and then it just crashed. 
just like that. And we know this is true because we read in John 20, 25. So the disciples told him, we have seen the Lord. The disciples had seen the resurrected Jesus. And they're like, we got to tell Thomas, Thomas, we've seen Jesus. He's alive. And Thomas's response, but he said to them, unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were and put my hand in his side, I will not believe. I put all my eggs in that basket once. I'm not going back. I was too disappointed. The pain of the disappointment was too great. I will not believe again. You see, this is what happens with disappointment. The pain of disappointment sows seeds of unbelief. And when we don't deal with the seed of unbelief, it snuffs out our very faith. And friends, you got to hear me on this. Faith is like, for real, our secret sauce as Christians. Like, we receive Everything epic by faith. It's by faith you receive the promises. It's by faith you please God. It's by faith. Like the list could go on and on and on. Don't you think the sneaky little devil would love to snuff out our faith using seeds of disappointment and unbelief? You know, I asked the Holy Spirit why the holidays is a really hard time for some people. I'm like, it doesn't make sense. Why? And he's like, disappointment. Years of disappointment. This year it'll be different. This year mom and dad won't fight. This year it'll be like the movies over and over and over again. It's all the pain of disappointment. So Thomas, Thomas was deeply disappointed and consumed by unbelief until he had an encounter with the living God. You seeing a theme here? John 20, 26, a week later, his disciples were in his house again, in the house again, and Thomas was with them. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, put your finger here, see my hands, reach out your hand and put it on my side. Stop doubting and believe. Thomas said to him, oh my Lord and my God, in a moment, in a moment in the presence of God, Thomas's faith was restored. But you know what I love most about the scripture? It's probably going to shock you. What I love most about the scripture and what I love most about Thomas is that in his hour of deepest and darkest disappointment and doubt, he still showed up. He was at the house with the other disciples. It was almost as though he recognized, I got to get myself around men of faith. I got to get, I don't have the faith on my own. I don't have the belief on my own. I got to get myself to that house. I got to get myself to those people. I got to get myself into the house of God where I will receive faith to get through this season. Friends, when we're battling disappointment and challenging circumstances, the wisest thing that you can do is surround yourself with people of strong faith. Get yourself in the house of God. Don't let anyone rip you from the house of God. God restored Thomas's faith in one moment, but it wouldn't have happened had he not been at that house. He stayed with the people of faith, even when he was doubting, even when he was struggling. You know, friends, I I went through a season of deep discouragement and disappointment many years ago. I had three miscarriages in one year, one calendar year. And so to have hope, 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 and then, ah, dashed, three times in a row. And I remember distinctly, like, the spirit of unbelief just at the door, like, just, just renounce God. Just come on, Teresa, just, just say God's not faithful. Come on, just, just, 
just like leave your church. Just, just stop believing. Just stop believing. It's not working. Just stop believing. But you know, when I look back at that season of my life, what I'm most proud of is that I stayed in the house of God. I mean, I was here in this very room. I was like second, third row. And I'm not kidding you, I bawled my eyes out. I cried every worship set. I cried through every message. I came forward for every prayer ministry opportunity. But I knew I needed the house of God. I needed to borrow faith from other people to get me through that season. I didn't have faith on the inside of me. But when I was facing unbelief and disappointment, I had to get myself into the house of God. Friends, do not neglect the house of God. Don't ever let anyone rip you from this place. In this place, there is faith. There's an infusion of faith. Every Sunday, I was here every Sunday, every Wednesday, every woman's prayer, every opportunity. If the doors were open, I was in this room because I needed it. I needed it so bad. And guess what? God got me through that season. I have miracle babies. I'm healed and restored. God is faithful. God is good. God is so good. So we know that Thomas, Thomas went on to be a great evangelist. Um, after he got filled with the Holy Spirit, he went up into what we now, now call modern-day India, up to the northeast region. And he had a house on a beach there. And every day, he would go down to the beach, and he would tell everyone about Jesus the Messiah. And now, in that part of India, it is, Christianity is the predominant religion. And there are 26 million Christians in India today because of Thomas. Because of Thomas. Because he overcame disappointment. Friends, you don't know what's on the other side of you overcoming the pain in your heart. You don't know. Thank God that Thomas overcame his disappointment. All right, our third and final hero, brave man, Peter the Preacher. Peter the Preacher, another one of my absolute favorite. I mean, this guy, I love Peter. I relate to him so much too. He was another one of Jesus' 12 disciples. And he was like the ride or die friend. Like he was like, I got you wherever you go. Like you can count on me. I'm the best. I'm Nothing's ever gonna separate me from you. Like he was just always touting off 24 seven, probably drove the other disciples completely crazy. Cause he was just like, I got Jesus's back. I'm the best, I'm the BFFFF, you know? But the night that Jesus was arrested and later crucified, Peter was there, and three times he denied even knowing Jesus, let alone being his follower and his friend. In his best friend's moment of greatest need, Peter betrayed him. Imagine for a moment the shame and the condemnation that Peter would have felt. The pain of Shame. Oh, it's a deep, deep pain. Shame is defined as a painful feeling of humiliation or distress caused by the consciousness of foolish or wrong behavior. A painful feeling. Even in the dictionary, it's defined as a painful feeling. Many cultures and religious institutions control quite effectively through shame. Shame is their, is their primary tool of control because the pain of shame 
is so great. Many of you know my story. I've shared it before, but I grew up in a very loving household with wonderful parents who are probably watching on live stream. Love you, mom and dad. You guys are amazing for all the way from South Carolina. Um, but, you know, my parents were raised in religion, and so they raised up in very legalistic religion. And so shame was a, a definitely a part of, of our family and our upbringing, but we had a different term for it. I wonder if any of you know what I'm about to say. We didn't say shame. You usually don't say that word, shame, but you usually call it embarrassment. Embarrassment. So my whole life, it was like the worst thing you could possibly say is like, you embarrassed me. I'm embarrassed. It's like, oh, embarrassed? Like, that's the worst of all. Like, spank me a hundred times, but like, embarrassment? Like, it was like the curse word. Like, you don't embarrass, but what if you get embarrassed? Well, what if somebody embarrasses you? And looking back, I mean, I see how this affected my life so much. I remember being petrified, and I mean petrified, to public speak, to be on this platform, or anything even like it. Like, terrified. And my husband would be like, well, why? Why are you so afraid? And I'd be like, well, I could do something wrong and be embarrassed. And he's like, okay, so what? So you embarrass yourself? Like, okay. And I'm like, no. I could be embarrassed. Like, that is the worst. That is like the top of the line, most awful thing that could possibly happen to you is you could be embarrassed. <laughs> Friends, it was shame. It was shame. I was living under the burden and the weight of shame. We just called it something different. Shame is a burden. It's a heavy weight that we were never intended to carry. And sometimes shame in our life is a result of other people's mistakes, not our own. Other people did something wrong, and now you carry the weight and the pain of shame. You know, it's funny, when I minister a lot, and oftentimes when I minister to people, sometimes I see, visually see things, and sometimes I'll see like this big weight on their shoulder. I'm like, Holy Spirit, what is that? Every time he says it's shame, and I pray shame off of them. It just manifests in this like chronic, oh, I can't have fun, I can't rejoice, chronic fatigue, it's shame. So Peter was consumed by shame, so much so that he threw in the towel and went back to fishing. Like, I am a better fisherman. I can't do this Jesus thing. I'm sorry. I screwed up. I'm a failure. I'm going back to fishing. And then he has an encounter with God. And how cool that Pastor John's tithe message was that exact encounter. You already preached it for me. How cool. But no, he was fishing with, his, with the other disciples, and they were discouraged and, and downtrodden. And then they're coming in. They haven't caught a thing. And they see someone who says, hey, just cast your net on the other side. They're like, okay, cast our net. And it was such an abundance of fish. They knew it was Jesus the Messiah. So Peter, I love Peter. He just he takes, like, his jacket off, and he swims to shore. And Jesus sits down with him and has a breakfast with him. And how beautiful. Jesus three times asked him, Peter, do you love me? And three times Peter said, yes, Lord. It was almost though he said, yes, I'm sorry. I know I messed up, but I really do love you, Lord. And three times Jesus answered him, then feed my sheep. 
Jesus was taking the shame off and reinstating his assignment. Peter, you are a preacher. You're a prophet. You're going to minister around the world. Peter, don't let shame stop you. Stop hiding in your fishing boat because of shame. I've called you to be a minister of the gospel. In order to overcome shame, we need to understand that Jesus' work on the cross completely wipes our slate clean. Meaning that there is no more, do you guys realize this? There is no more record. Like, it's gone. It's vanished. So it is a wicked thing for us to hold on to the sins and the mistakes that we have repented of. That is a work of darkness. It is not holy, it is not righteous to hold on to mistakes that we have made in the past because Jesus' precious blood was shed on the cross to fully erase each and every one of those things. Romans 8.1, therefore there is now no condemnation or shame for those who are in Christ Jesus. When we are in Christ Jesus, there is no shame. Shame can't touch us. We've got to understand Jesus died a shameful death so that we could give our shame and condemnation to him and remember them no more. Remember them no more. Friends, each one of these men had unresolved pain. And as a result, they were stuck in a dysfunctional narrative. But when Jesus came into the picture, he brought healing and restoration to their souls. To Gideon, he restored his true identity. To Thomas, he restored his faith and hope. And to Peter, he restored his dignity and destiny. Friends, we need to stop running from our pain. It really doesn't work. Like a zombie, it just resurrects itself. Literally at the very worst moment possible, it always resurrects itself and it's like worse than before. You can't manage your pain. You've got to allow the healing presence of God to bring healing to your heart. Our God is a healer. So, friends, in order to heal, we need to face the pain. That's the first step. Stop running from it, ignoring it, pretending it doesn't exist. It's there. Then we need to forgive anyone who has hurt us. Every single person in that situation that's hurt you, we've got to release forgiveness to those people in order to be free. And then we've got to have faith in God to heal and restore our hearts. And God is here tonight. He is the power and the presence of the living God that touched their hearts and brought restoration to their souls. He is here tonight and he wants to minister to you. He wants to heal your heart. He wants to bring hope and restoration where there was pain and suffering. Friends, sometimes we've got to go back in order to go forward. I love the, the Twisted promo. What did, it, what did it say? It said, oh gosh, I should have written it down. It was like, oh, sometimes you scrooge. Sometimes you have to go back in order to face the demons of today. Oh, Sometimes you have to go back and deal with the pain of your past to face the devils of today. That's what it was. Should have written it down. But how so true. We can't 
face the devils of today until we go back and heal from the pain in our past. But I tell you what, if you heal from the pain in your past, the devils of today, they don't stand a chance. They don't stand a chance oppressing you. They don't stand a chance bothering you anymore, tormenting you anymore. They got to go in the name of Jesus. That's how it works. We've got to heal from the pain. So I want to pray. I want to pray for each and every person that is experiencing that pain. But first, I'm just going to ask if everyone can just bow their head and close their eyes. I've talked a lot about Jesus and the healing power of Jesus tonight, but I recognize that there may be some in this room that you feel far from God. You feel far from this God that I've been talking about, but he is here tonight and he wants to have a relationship with you. He wants to heal your heart. All healing starts with Jesus Christ. All healing begins in a relationship with Jesus Christ. So if that's you, maybe you are far from God, maybe you've never given your life to Jesus Christ, and you'd like to tonight, or maybe you did at one point, but you're far from God, I wanna encourage you, I wanna give you the opportunity to get in a relationship with Jesus Christ tonight. So if that's you, if you've never given your, your life to Jesus Christ, or if you did it one time, but you feel far away from God, I just wanna know who I'm praying for. I wanna pray for you, and I wanna know who I'm praying for. So if that's you, could you raise your hand right now with every eye closed and head bowed? I just wanna, beautiful, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, God bless you. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. I see your hands, I see your hands. Beautiful, amazing. Yes, I see your hand. Thank you. Friends, let's all pray this together, specifically those of you that raised your hand, but each and every one of us are going to pray this prayer. Those of you that raised your hand, let's pray it from your heart. Just repeat after me. Dear God, I surrender my life to you today. I want to have a relationship with you. I repent from my sins. Thank you for loving me. I choose to make you Lord and Savior of my life. Heaven is my home and God is my Father. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen, amen, amen. Welcome to the family, each one of you that raised your hand and made that commitment. I'm so proud of you. So let's all actually, we're just going to stand. Let's all stand. I want to pray for every single person here. But before I do that, I actually just want to ask if anyone feels that they have either the pain of rejection, disappointment, or shame, would you just, as a sign of faith, would you raise your hand? Would you just raise your hand? Any of those things. Beautiful, 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 beautiful. God, 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 thank you. Thank you for tonight, God. We exalt you. We put you in your rightful place, God. You are Lord and you are King. God, I thank you that right now in this moment, Lord, that your Holy Spirit touches each and every person with their hand raised, Father. God, I thank you that right now that you move across this room as only you can do and that supernaturally, you touch each and every person. I thank you that heaven invades right now into their world. I thank you that they sense the tangible presence of the living God right now in this moment, God. 
that you supernaturally heal their broken hearts, that you take that pain, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. And right now, I come against every spirit of shame, unbelief and rejection. I command you right now at the sound of my voice, you will loosen your hold off the people of God. I take authority over you and I command you to stop tormenting these people. You have no authority, you have no right to continue harming them and tormenting them in their body, their mind, and their spirit. You get off them right now in the name of Jesus. You loosen your hold hold off their lives and I command you right now to get off them. In Jesus' mighty name I pray, amen. Wow, what an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.